Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at infofellowshipgj.com. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we wanna encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking on the giving link located in the description below this video, online at fellowshipgj.com, or if you're a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through our church center app. This will help us to continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy today's message.
from Fellowship Church. Thank you for what you've done for us. Now, church family, as we enter into worship this morning, would you just enter in with a grateful heart for everything that God has done for you and knowing that God has the victory every time. So if you have not seen your victory yet, it's because he is not done working. Come on. Holy hell. 
Good morning, church family. I'm here at Food Bank of the Rockies. There's people working and everything like that right here. But I wanted to show you guys where your generosity and all the great things that you do um, financially through us, as well as what your hands do as volunteers. I wanna show you guys a little bit of behind the scenes on that. Before I do that, I wanna welcome anyone brand new to our services. Because we're doing services online, we are reaching people we've never been able to reach before. And it's really amazing to see and connect with people, not only here in the community, but in the state, in the country. And we have visitors from all over the world that are actually tuning into our services. So I wanted to welcome you. If this is your first time tuning into a fellowship uh, online experience, we just wanna welcome you. And we also wanna say, let us know it's your first time. If it's your first time, comment first time or click the first time link um, in the comment stream, whether you're on our website, um, on YouTube or on Facebook, let us know. We'd love to be able to hear your story, uh, give you a shout out, and maybe even just pray for you if you need it at all. Something else I wanted to tell you about is our website. If you guys want access to our sermon notes, uh, live prayer um, via a, a text stream or anything like that, you hit our website. You'll see all the different links on there and it's really cool. There's tabs for notes and there's tabs for the Bible and you can actually follow along um, with Pastor Tim today on his scripture reading or anything like that. That's all located on fellowshipgj.com slash live. And it's a really, really awesome tool to be able to use and a really cool thing that we've been able to open up now that we've been here online. Thank you so much for joining us today. Now I wanna talk about um, the Food Bank of the Rockies and all the different things that are going on. This is behind the scenes right now. We got people that are working and, and pulling orders and things like that. And um, because of your guys' generosity, I'm continually reminded of the uh, experience where Jesus multiplied the fish and multiplied the bread for all of the people that are in need. And you guys are helped sowing into something where you are giving people that are in need in the community food that they had not expected um, to, to be given to them yet. And we're doing another food distribution on the 30th, all right? That's this coming Saturday. And I want you to know that um, the first one that we did was so cool. We had so many people that not only were thankful, but we, we got a lot of uh, people texting and emailing back just thanking us um, for the encouragement on the cards that we gave, as well as being able to, to give them a meal. So I want you guys to help us, um, not only just financially, you guys are already doing that, but also spread the word, spread the word. Um, we're doing it on the 30th. We're gonna start distribution as early as we can in the morning, but it's probably gonna be somewhere around uh, 9.30 or 10 o'clock, we're gonna start distribution. So tell everybody you can, if they're in need to come uh, to Fellowship Church at 9.30, 10 o'clock in the morning on the 30th, to get a box of food. Now, if, if you don't know anybody in need, but you maybe have a neighbor that like, I think they could use them, come down, get a box of food. We're gonna have um, as, as many non-perishables, uh, non as many perishables as we can in the parking lot. The first distribution went great, so be sure to show up for that. But as we um, continue to go, we also need volunteers to help um, the Food Bank of the Rockies needs volunteers to help box up our order. It's like 500 boxes that we're giving away on the 30th, and it's a large order. I've been told that it takes um, multiple days to do that, and Food Bank of the Rockies needs more volunteers, so hit them up. If you're in a life group, get your life group together. Just uh, call in and make an appointment, say, we wanna come help box up food. You can help pull food from the racks. This is like their main um, staging area where everything kind of comes in and they pull stuff from here, so please, um, just give them a call, schedule a time to come in, volunteer, help us out in that. And then also if you're wanting to volunteer for the distribution morning itself, that's where you can call the church at 245-PRAY. Guys, your generosity does all this. You guys help us um, serve the community and, and do a great thing. And so 
I want to be able to pray over um, the, the giving this week. And so if, if you um, haven't gave yet this week or uh, you're looking to do that, maybe even for the first time, there's a whole bunch of different giving options. There's a giving link that's located in the comments right now. You can mail it uh, into the church at 76524Road, um, GJ81505, or you can um, just drop by the office. We're open uh, Monday through Thursday, or you can also just give online through the link there too. But I wanna be able to pray over your giving right now, and then we'll enjoy the rest of today's service. Jesus, we love you. We thank you, God. I pray you can lay your hand of blessing on every single family that is in need right now. God, I pray if there's people that have been laid off, you can provide them with jobs and means to be able to, to pay the bills and put food on the table. Lord, I pray that you can bless every single person that's giving today right now. Um, Lord, lay your hand of provision on their finances. And Jesus, I pray, God, that if someone isn't able to give financially right now, that they can give encouragement, they can give love, they can give hope or joy to someone else in need, God, because you're worth it. You are worth loving. There's a way that we can love you back is to give to you. So God, I just thank you in your heavenly name. Amen. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of today's service. Well, good morning, Fellowship Church. Uh, you're joining me today uh, at the bottom of Bentonite Hill out here at Lunch Loops. And if you're a mountain biker, you have either heard of Bentonite Hill or maybe you have attempted to ride it. Now, I love mountain biking. I've really gotten into mountain biking. I wouldn't say I'm a good mountain biker. I would say I'm moderately adequate mountain biker. Uh, I can do the trails, but you know, I'm definitely not the best, but I really enjoy it. It's something that I've just really gotten into. Uh, it helps me stay in shape and I love just getting out in nature. But the first time I ever did this trail was with a friend. It was the first time I'd ever gone out to lunch loops before. And for me, lunch loops was like this a big deal because I'd heard how technical the trails are, how difficult it was to ride out here. And I was a little afraid. And so uh, this friend of mine says, hey, just, just come with me. I'll I'll, I'll take you out and and I'll make sure that you know we go on the right trails and and, and we'll have a great time. Well, I, I thought he was my friend until I realized where he was bringing me. Um, he brought me up Pedicus first, which is a really technical climb. <laughs> Very difficult, I made that. Then we did kind of a loop, uh, which I won't go into detail on that. But there's only a few ways you can get back down to the parking lot here at Lunch Loops. And Bentonite Trail is one of those, or Bentonite Hill is one of those. And so this is the hill that he brought me down the first time we came. I came out to Lunch Loops. And it was, it was funny because I, I made it down and he videoed it. And I thought he was maybe videoing it for nostalgia reasons. I think now looking back, he was probably videoing it for insurance purposes. Purposes. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> we I made it down. Uh, it was really, really scary. It's one of those situations like when you're on a roller coaster where your stomach goes up into your throat and you're just fearful. You're scared. Uh, but the more you do it, the easier it gets, the more comfortable you get with it. And so now when I do uh, Bentonite Hill, it is more of a, a thrill. I definitely still get nervous every time I do it, but now it's fun. And I think we can kind of relate that over to our walk with the Lord or our life with the Lord. You know, 
Pastor Hooper said last week that we're going to go through storms. We're going to have troubles in life. It doesn't matter what we do. We're going to have those troubles. And we can't avoid all of those troubles. Some of them are going to come. But what he can do is partner with God. And I think when we partner with God, what happens is he, he helps flatten out the bentonite hills in our life. He makes the situations that we go through easier because we have a track record with him. We have faith in him. And really, that's what it's all about. Our life with the Lord and and staying close to him. Now, I kind of look at those troubles in life and a lot of times we refer to those troubles as storms. And I lived in the South for a season. I lived in Louisiana for a while. And anybody that lives in the Gulf Coast or, or the Atlantic Coast, they're under, they understand storms. They understand uh, when storms are coming. And what they try to do as best they can is storm-proof their homes when those storms come. So they have the alert. They go out. They cover up their windows. They do the best they can to protect their property. Now, understanding storm-proofing does not mean that they're completely protected and nothing can happen to them. They're just doing their best they can to minimize the damage and handle the storm when it comes. And so that is what we need to really think about doing with our lives. How can we storm-proof? How can we make sure that when storms come or troubles come, that we handle them in the right way and we go through them successfully? Well, I think the Bible is really good about pointing us in the right direction to do that. And Jesus was really good at telling stories or parables to help us understand how to take on storms and really just how to deal with life in general. Um, What those parables were for him were pictures visual pictures that he would paint in our minds as he would tell those stories. And he understands how we're created. He understands what we think. And he wants us to remember those stories. So that's why he would tell them in such a visual way. And he does that starting in Luke chapter 8, verses 4 through 8. And this is what he says as he tells this parable. He says, One day Jesus told this story to a large crowd that had gathered from many towns to hear him. A farmer went out to plant some seed, he said. As he scattered it across his field, some seed fell on a footpath where it was stepped on and the birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. This seed began to grow, but soon it withered and died for lack of moisture. Other seed fell among thorns that shot up and choked out the tender blades. Still other seed fell on fertile soil. This seed grew and produced a crop 100 times as much as had been planted. So this first soil that Jesus describes is the hard soil, the tough soil. And he says in verse 5b, some seed fell on a footpath where it was stepped on and the birds came and ate it. That's uh, soil like what we see out here at Bentonite Hill. This soil is hard. It is the surface of the soil is so, uh, so hard that it can't receive water. It can't receive seed. It's great for mountain biking. (laughs) It's great for traction, but from a standpoint of trying to grow something, it's impossible. It just skips along the top. This ground would never receive that seed. In fact, what's gonna happen is a wind's gonna come up and it's gonna blow the seed off or birds are gonna come along and they're gonna eat it or it's gonna be trampled on the same way that Jesus said that it would be. So Jesus explains what this illustration means in verse 12. He says, The seed that fell on the hard path represents those 
who hear the message. So those of us that we might hear the message, but then the devil comes and steals it away and prevents them from believing and being saved. So this hard ground represents a closed mind, someone that won't listen and that's not teachable. And the lessons that he's talking about or the message that he's talking about is, is like that seed I threw out on the ground. And, and because it doesn't get planted, birds can come and, and steal it away. The devil can come and steal those truths away from those that are hardened heart, have a hardened heart or aren't teachable. So how can we make sure that we're not this kind of ground? Because we can, we can identify it and go, that's not good. Obviously nothing grows there. I don't want to be that way. So how can I make sure I'm not that kind of soil? Well, one of the things that we have to do is we have to make sure that we stay receptive. We stay receptive or stay teachable or have a teachable spirit. Now, what makes us unteachable? Um, there's definitely some things that will send us down that unteachable road. One of which is just fear. If we're too fearful, we can't see reality, so we can't make the wise decisions that we need to make. And we can't be teachable because fear will paralyze us and it won't allow us to listen to reason. And we see that a lot in our society. People are so fearful, so they're so scared, and it doesn't matter how much you show them the truth, they can't accept it because of that fear. Uh, another thing that will keep us uh, from, from being able to receive that uh, is pride. Man, pride is probably the worst when it comes to that. And this soil can kind of represent that because if your ego is big and you're prideful, you don't think you need to learn anything. You don't think you need to be teachable. And another way that we can be hard and not receptive is just, man, through, through a hardened heart. Or maybe we have bitterness and resentment in us in such a way that we just can't hear the truth anymore. We've been hurt so bad that we just can't uh, understand and, 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 and learn the things that we need to to get better. And so we got to stay away from those things. You know, we got to make sure that we, we are teachable. And I, on, on a daily basis, I'm praying, Lord Jesus, bind the spirit of pride in me. Uh, help me, Lord God, to just be moldable, be teachable. Don't allow me to be like that hardened ground. And I think that that's something uh, that we can all do together on a daily basis that will keep us moldable and teachable. Now let's go look at the second soil that Jesus speaks about. So in verse six, Jesus says that other seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. This seed began to grow, but soon it withered and died for lack of moisture. Now this soil, it looks good at first because there is some topsoil there. You think maybe some things will grow. In fact, you see some vegetation here. Uh, but as you start digging in the soil, you, you, you find rocks. You find things that are not conducive uh, for growth. And Jesus explains what this soil represents in verse 13. He says, the rocky soil represents those who hear the message with joy. But like young plants in such soil, their roots don't go very deep. They believe for a while, but they wilt when the hot winds and testing blow. This is the superficial commitment soil. And these rocks really represent all the things in your life that you half-heartedly committed to in your past. You dig them up and you are reminded of things that you started, like maybe a workout program or decided, you know, I'm, I'm going to lose weight. And you did good for a while, but man, those rocks came up and you just really weren't able to see any progress. 
maybe spending more time with my kids or deciding I'm going to speak my spouse's love languages. I'm going to try to be a better husband. I'm going to try to be a better wife, a better parent. Or maybe you're going to work on that temper. You just struggled with anger. And man, as you went down that road to try to get better, things got in the way. And that rocky soil, I mean, it, it can be so detrimental. And because your roots can't grow deep when storms come in, your life won't be able to handle it. The storm, really, that the, Bible's talk, the type Bible talks about in Scripture are storms that are supposed to make you stronger. And when it comes to plants and when it comes to trees, the storms cause those trees, it causes their root system to become strong. Those roots grow deep into the soil. And you look in the trees in the south, one of my favorite trees in Louisiana is the cypress tree. And it gets huge and it becomes hundreds of years old. And it is probably the tree that gets hit most with hurricanes. But the way researchers look at it is when the storms come, it actually tells the tree to root harder, to go deeper. And in this kind of soil, you just can't do that. So what do we do? Well, we got to resolve to grow. We got to make that decision that I am going to grow. I am going to put my roots down deep. We got to make that decision. Your relationship with God is not something that you can afford to neglect. It's not something that you can just haphazardly do. It's something that you have to make the decision to go after. Well, as you can see, we've headed clear across the valley to find some better soil. You couldn't get anything to grow in that bent night, but now we're in Palisade. And we can look at our next two illustrations. Jesus goes on to say in verse 7, Other seed fell among thorns that shot up and choked out the tender blades. Now, you can see that there's a lot of weeds that I'm standing in right now. This is the kind of soil that, that makes a weed eater millions of dollars every year with their weed trimmers. Uh, but I think everybody would agree we hate weeds. We can't stand weeds. The, the, the thorny weeds that you, you, you pull and they, they poke you and it burns when, they, when, when their needles go into you. The, the bindweed, I can't stand bindweed because you try to pull it and it's wrapped around everything. And when you try to uproot it, it just breaks off and you can't get to the roots. So weeds are annoying. Weeds are a total pain when it comes to trying to grow a garden or, or grow something that's healthy. He says in verse 14 that the thorny ground represents those who hear and accept the message, but all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the cares and riches and pleasures of this life. And so they never grow into maturity. So you can see in this section right here, the weeds have come up to a point where it's choked everything else out. Nothing else can grow. And the Bible talks about the fact that there's some distractions that come that are a representation of these weeds. Distractions that can come into our life that makes us not focus on what is really, really important. And it's crazy because these weeds represent a lot of different things. They represent cares of this life. I mean, things that we worry about and, and, and that distract us and, and then they shouldn't. I mean, really, we're not supposed to worry. We're, not, we're supposed to give things over to the Lord, but cares can totally distract us. It can represent riches though too. That's kind of strange that you would see this scripture and you would relate weeds over to riches, but riches can be a distraction. God blesses us and loves us so much and he allows us to 
have things and, and to have these blessings, but if we're not careful, they distract us from him. They distract us from what's really important. And then there's the pleasures of the world. He also mentions that. And there's a lot of pleasures that can distract us, right? There's recreation and sports. I mean, I know that, you know, for many of us, we love to go to Lake Powell and we love to, to, to ski and we love to mountain bike like we saw earlier, uh, which are great things, but we can't allow those things to ever become more important than our worship. Sports, I know in this valley are so important to us and we can get our kids involved in so many things, so many activities, and that's great too. They can never become the main thing. Movies, TV, social media, video games anymore. I mean, if we're not careful, uh, we can get on some video game and we start playing it and hours later, we don't even realize how much time has gone by. Anything can be a distraction if we're not careful. So what do we do? Well, we stay committed. We stay committed to God's call in our life, to our relationship with Him, and we don't allow these distractions to become an issue. Now, it's a good thing that we are in Palisade because even though we found some weeds, we're also gonna find some really good soil and that's what Jesus talks about next. So the next soil that Jesus talks about is the lush garden soil. And in verse eight, he says, still other seeds fell on fertile soil. This seed grew and produced a crop 100 times as much as had been planted. I love this soil. I mean, soft, it's fertile, and it doesn't matter what you do, when you spread the seed in this, it's gonna grow. This soil's fruitful. I mean, that's why in this valley, you see all of the orchards and, and uh, uh, harvesting that's happening at this end of the valley. And really, I, I brought some seeds here too, and where I'd show you on the midnight, the seeds just scattered, you throw those seeds in, and it doesn't take much, just a little bit of wind, and it's covered. And those seeds are gonna grow. He says in verse 15, but the good soil represents honest, good-hearted people who hear God's message. They hear it, and then they cling to it, he says, and steadily produce a huge harvest. And that, that's surviving the storm. When we can go through life and we plant our roots, we plant our seeds in fertile soil, and we produce a hundredfold, a hundredfold from what that seed, original seed would. Now something that's very prominent among Christians today is if they are planted and begin to grow, and then something happens, a storm comes along, it makes them up a root. Then they try to transplant themselves somewhere else. So we see this, and this is really a tool of the devil. He makes storms happen in people's lives to get them to uproot, because he doesn't want you in healthy soil. And here's the thing, if you are growing in the church that you're in, or you're growing in the season that you're in, and for some reason you transplant yourself, even if it's in good soil, you're gonna stunt your growth. And the roots that you have it's gonna make it way harder for you to grow again. And that's why we have to be careful with that. That's why we have to be careful with church hopping or you know, coming to church when things are bad just so you can get fed a little bit and then do well and then things go bad again and then we jump out. It's causing ourselves to be uprooted. We are literally uprooting ourselves. 
and causing ourselves to have a weak root system. So when the storms come, you're not digging deep anymore. You have a shallow root system. So what do we do? Well, fourthly, we root and be fruitful. Root and be fruitful. Now you might say, well, okay, I know how to do that with a, with a plant, but how do I do that for me? Well, there's some different ways. Number one, I'm gonna commit to connect with others. If you don't connect, you won't root. Now, I don't know if you've ever been in the mountains before and you've got aspen trees, but when you choose aspen trees, the best ones to get are the ones that are clumped together. If you can get a clump of two or three and bring that clump back, they have a such, such higher rate of success and they'll grow faster. And it's because it's the principle that we find in the Bible where God says, it's not good for you to be alone. You need each other. You need to, to be internet with one another. You, iron sharpeneth iron is what the scripture says. So it's not good for us to be alone. Now I know in this season that we're at right now, uh, we've been watching services in our family rooms, which has been a godsend. And thank you, Jesus, that we have the technology to be able to do that. Can you imagine if we were in this situation you know, 10 or 20 years ago? I mean, we would have totally lost touch with our church and we would have lost all that teaching. And so what has happened has been a good thing. And then also the fact that we've been able to reach so many people that we never could have reached before. But what we have to be careful of is when the season ends, that we don't neglect, or what the Bible says, forsake the gathering together that we need. We don't want to be dependent upon online services because when we do that, it's, we're not connecting. And we need each other. We need to root together. We need to grow together. We always need to understand. We need to be making relationships. That's what fills our emotional tanks is friendships. And it's pretty tough to do when we're sitting in our living room at home watching the TV to make those connections. The Bible also talks about the fact that it's so important that we are a part of the body of believers, the body of Christ. And we're just incomplete when we're by ourselves. But when we can join together, man, the things that we can do. So connect with others, commit to build spiritual habits. And we kind of hit on that earlier, but good habits take work and commitment. And we don't want to stop short. We want to follow through. We, wanna, we don't want to quit. And so we want to commit and we just want to say, hey, look, I, I'm going to commit to getting into a small group. I'm going to commit to getting into church. I'm going to commit to uh, doing my daily devotions, spending time with him every day in prayer and worship and in Bible reading. And I know we, we preach that almost every week and you go, wow, that point's been hit a million times. We hit it a million times because that's one of the things we struggle with the most. I'm going to commit to use my talents. That's another way that we can root in and we can survive the storms because when we are using our gifts and talents for the Lord, we're serving together, it makes us stronger. It develops us. I know that the first people that I'm gonna call when I need help or when I'm going through a storm that's a hardship are people that I serve with, people that I'm meeting with, that I know that I have an intimate connection with, they're gonna be the first ones that I call because I trust them the most. And I understand that they're a part of my root system, like those aspen trees that will get me through this storm. And then fourth, I commit to share my faith. It's so important that we are fulfilling the Great Commission. And there's something that is extremely edifying and strength building when we're telling other people about Jesus. 
When we see the storms hit their life and their life is falling apart, we can step in and we can help them. And hopefully we're an example. I mean, hopefully people are telling you, when stuff hits you, how come you don't panic? How come you don't worry? How come your life doesn't fall apart? Well, it's because of your relationship with God and you have a track record. The Bentonite hills of your life have been flattened because you know you have somebody to walk through those storms with. So share that faith, share that testimony, share that uh, commitment and love and relationship you have with Jesus with others. And then just commit to fulfill your purpose. The scripture says that we were knitted together in, in our mother's wombs. That's how long God has known us. And then he called us all according to his purpose. So he's given you those gifts and talents and spiritual gifts for a reason. And we gotta figure out what that is. Man, when we're on a purpose, when, we're, when we've made a decision and we know the road that we're supposed to be on, when storms come, we don't get pushed off of them. I mean, it may be hard, it may be difficult, it may be troublesome, like Pastor Hooper was talking about last week. But because you know what road you're on, you can stick to that road. That's how to storm-proof your life. It doesn't mean things are going to be perfect, but when you have a Heavenly Father and a group of people around you that love you and that can support you, that will guide you through those storms, it feels like you're storm-proof. So let's close today with a little prayer, shall we? God, we love you and we do commit to you. We do ask that you would help us to plant our, our roots in really fertile soil. We thank you that you've given us a church to be able to do that. We thank you, Lord, that you've given us a, a, an ability uh, and, and a place where we can find relationships that will help us do that. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us to root in such a deep way, root here in this valley, root in, in, in our church, and help us, Lord, to make a difference for you. And that as we make that difference and as we handle the storms of life that come along, Lord, we wouldn't sweat it because we know you're with us. And we would be a shining example for everybody to see. And people would say, what is different about you? And we can point right to you, Lord. I pray, Lord, also that as storms come, that we would remember our church home, our church family. When we get out of the current storm we're all in, that we wouldn't forsake gathering together. We would get right back in to worshiping corporately and help and being a part of the body of Christ like we should be. Bless us now, bless our finances, bless our families as we're going through all these weeks of wondering if it's ever gonna end. I pray, Lord Jesus, Lord, that you would just so, so be with us. Bless us like only you can. Help us to come out of this situation more blessed than when we went in. And you'll get all the honor and credit for it, Lord. You'll be our testimony. We love you and thank you. Thank you for this morning. Thank you for allowing us to live in this beautiful valley and experience all this awesome stuff, your awesome creation. I thank you for that, Lord. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, Fellowship Church. You're going to come through this season in this storm. We're going to do it together. I can't wait for us to be together in person. But until then, continue to be with us online. We love you. God bless. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. 
You can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my savior, to guide my life and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, or if you need prayer, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY or at prayer at fellowshipgj.com. If this was your first time experiencing Fellowship Church, please click the first time link located in the description below the video. Thanks again. We hope to see you next week for our online services at 9 and 11 a.m.